Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I'm so pleased to introduce my guest, Kelsey Browning. Kelsey is originally from Texas, and she writes fast-kicking love stories. Her titles include the Texas Night series. So welcome, Kelsey, to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm so pleased you could join me this evening. How are you? Thank you. I'm very good. Thank you for having me here, Bernadette. I appreciate it. Oh, well, I'm glad that you could join me this evening. Now, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your writing journey and how long you've been writing and what inspired you to write romance. Sure. Um, I started writing seriously um, when our family had kind of a, a, a large transition. We moved from Texas overseas to the Middle East, and prior to that, I had always worked full-time. I worked for a university, and this was the first time that I found myself with quite a bit more time on my hands, and so as a treat to myself, I enrolled in a continuing education class at UCLA, and it was um, taught by Jessica Inklin, and that was my first romance writing class, and as far as why I began writing romance, really, it's my... It's my treat as a reader. It's all romance is always my go-to genre when I need something to cheer me up. So I really never considered writing anything else. Wow, and that must have been such a change. I mean, moving to the Middle East. How long did you live there? Uh, we lived there for about four and a half years. Mm-hmm. And so did that experience of living in the Middle East and living in a different culture, did that influence your writing at all? Did you incorporate those experiences in your writing? I think you bring your experiences always to your writing. Now, I've not used that as a setting for anything at this point. We traveled quite broadly while we were overseas, and honestly, I've been looking for the right series to incorporate some of those more exotic locales. Um, mm-hmm. I'm cautious about using specifically the country that I was in just just because you want to do it justice. And honestly, living in a country, you realize how much you don't know about the culture, even as you learn the culture. So, um, so the answer is I would like to, but I have not done so yet. Right, right. Well, I know I found, um, for me especially being – I started writing – I guess it was four or five years ago. But for me, I felt like I almost had to, as I was learning how to write and exploring the mechanics of writing, I almost had to um, stay close to home, in effect, and, and draw on my own personal experiences. And really mm-hmm. even the, the types of people I incorporate in my, in my book are people you know, like my family, like very, very close. I don't feel, in the same way, I don't feel I can do justice to somebody from another culture until I become more skilled as a writer, if that makes sense. Um, it absolutely so does. I, I definitely understand where, where you're coming from. Now, you write um, contemporary romance. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about the Texas Night series and, and I, um, how many books are in that series. Absolutely. The Texas Night series is a four-book series. The first book, which was actually my debut, just released in the end of August by Karina Press, and it is um, it is a Texas-set, sexy, contemporary romance series. It's located, it's, it's um, 
uh, its setting is in Shelbyville, which is not a real town in Texas, but all the other landmarks that you read about in the state actually are real. I make up all my towns because I don't really want to have to stay true to a particular town, but I tend to model them on places that I know in Texas. And as you said, I write what I know, and I grew up in Texas. I was born there. I lived there until I went away to college and then after. And so it's what comes most naturally to me is to write those people. So the first book in that series is called Personal Assets, and it's actually about both a hometown girl and a hometown guy. Um, The hero comes back home to open a garage, and he finds that the girl who he thinks of as the town princess has changed a lot. She's actually a sex therapist, which shocks him. And what shocks him even more is when she decides that he will be perfect for her sexual special project and propositions him. So it's a fun exploration of not only hometown dynamic, but everything else that goes into coming home to your hometown, family and friends getting in the way. So it's had a lot of fun with it. And there's a secondary story about the hero's mom, finding love for the second time around. And I've had really good responses from readers on that secondary plot line. Well, it's funny that you talk um, mention small-town romance because I went to, I think it was two years ago, when RWA had their main conference in New York. And one mm-hmm. of the things that people seem to really be focusing on was the renaissance of small-town romances. So um, I, that must have made your your story very attractive to publishers. Did you did you find that? Did they, is, is that one of the reasons why they were attracted to your writing, because of the topic? I think that's a, definitely a possibility. My acquiring editor definitely made mention that my voice was one of the reasons that she acquired me. But the interesting story about this book and the series generally is that my debut book is actually the first book that I ever finished. Now, much changed from that, as you can imagine. But when I started that book in 2007, Small Town was dead. Contemporary was dead. So mm-hmm. it's interesting what you mentioned about the Renaissance because, of course, I was very disheartened at the time that I was originally shopping these first couple of stories in this series because everyone said, we're not buying, we're not buying, we're not buying contemporary. You know, you fast forward four or five years and it had completely changed. And actually, one of my friends is probably really the person I should thank for this series being published because she said, you know, just give it one more shot in this environment. And I did, and it worked out. Well, it's so funny, you know, the, the way the, the the hot genres change over time. And mm-hmm. I think that really goes to the point that you can't write to what is hot because by the time you finish your book, that may no longer be the hot thing. <laughs> so you have to really write what is attractive to you and what you feel passionate about. For example, I, you know, my first two books um, were – my first book was a contemporary romance. The second one was women's fiction. And everyone said, oh, that's dead. That's dead. Um, mm-hmm. We'll never sell it. You know, what we want are vampires and paranormal. <laughs> and I, you know, and, and or uh, – so I started writing um, not because – um, because I wanted to follow the trend, but I just had always had this idea about a family of Irish witches. 
And so that's what, and, and I'm from, my parents are from Ireland, my mother's from Ireland, my husband's from Ireland. I've always been, I've spent some time there. And I just decided to, you know, the story kind of took me in that direction. And so I did a four-series paranormal series. Of course, by the time when I was shopping that, everyone said, oh, we like contemporary, but I'd already <laughs> sold my contemporary. So, you know what, you just really have to write what you want to write and and kind of let the chips fall where they may. It's it's funny after I'd gone to that RWA conference about small time romance, small town romances, I came home and I said, "All right, I'm if that's what they want, that's what I'm going to give them. I'm going to write a small town romance." Um, I'm not from a small town. I'm from, you know, I'm originally from Brooklyn. I live, you know, I live in a suburb of New York. Um, but I was like, damn it, I'm going to write one. And I got about <laughs> it, and it just died. It just was so flat. And, you know, I, I just couldn't do it. I had to write right. what I'm familiar with. So, um, you know, it, like it, it sounds like it really worked out for you. But, you know, if, if it was something you're passionate about, it probably would have found a home anyway, just. You know, it's nice that Eventually. what you have coming out is so popular. And I actually love small town romance um, romances. I've read um, Kristen Higgins. I don't know if you've read any of her mm-hmm. books. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. No, I I really love her her small town romances, and so I'm looking forward to reading yours. Um, Thank maybe you. you could tell us a little bit about your um, your writing process. Do you write from the first person, the third person? Um. Strictly from third person, and really that came from pure reader preference. I'm really one of those readers that it takes an amazing book for me to stay hooked into a first person point of view. I don't know why. It's just not my preference. I try to write Mm -hmm. in a deep third point of view when possible. And, of course, my critique partners, uh, who one of whom is much better at deep POVs than I am, is always you know, dragging me into a better point of view. But, no, it's always been third for me. So still I'll find myself seeing through the character's eyes and, of course, I'll, you know, stand up and move around my office or, I don't know, I was working on a scene today or yesterday and I was making these movements, you know, how would this work? How would the mechanics, how would the, the blocking of this work? And my dogs are sitting in my office looking at me like, okay, crazy lady, now, do you work with critique partners, or do you belong to a writing group? I have three primary critique partners. Two, well, actually, all three of them I've been working with since before um, before I moved back to the U.S. So, I was very fortunate that I was able to connect with some really, really great writers who were at about my place in their careers in 2007 and 2008. One writes contemporary, one writes historical, and one writes romantic suspense and mystery. So, and actually, the the women that write historical and romantic suspense, I also plot with them, and it's a really interesting dynamic. You would think it wouldn't work, and it actually works, I think, better because we're constantly questioning things about each other's books I'll ask my friend who writes historical, can they do this? Would they do this? And sometimes it makes her think about her book a little differently. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like it's a wonderful resource. I don't have a critique group. I, I belong to a local writing group that I hardly ever seem to get to the to the meetings. <laughs> but um, so I, I really you know connect with them more online. But 
you know, I would love, love to have a really good critique partner because um, I think it would sometimes pull me out of my, you know, out of my shell a little bit and, and like you say, mm-hmm. give me a different perspective. But um, but I tend to be at a bit of a lone wolf, so that's how I've been writing to date. But um, And it's very hard to find the right fit, like you said. I've, I've tried a few it times is. and it's never connected, you know, never never really worked. But, um, you know, maybe maybe someday. Um, maybe you could tell me a little bit about your heat level. Um, would you say it's sweet, it's steamy, somewhere in the middle? Definitely not sweet. Um, although the books themselves have been described as sweet because of the hometown and the small town element, but don't let that fool you. It has nothing to do with the heat level of the love scene. Um, definitely hot. Um, I think the most interesting comment I've ever had from a reader, and this was I don't know, in in a class that I was taking. And the woman said, you should tell people not to read your love scenes while they're on public transportation. I still don't really know what that means. (laughs) But, but yes, hot, definitely not erotic, but, you know, pretty frank language and all of that. So if you're easily embarrassed, not really your, you know, won't really be your thing. Um, I would say the author that, I'm probably closest to in heat level is someone like Ruthie Knox, if you're familiar with her work. No, I'm not, but um, but it's, it sounds like a really nice, it sounds like a very interesting combination. Like you said, you get you get that sweet part of the story, but then you get a little bit of heat, so uh, it sounds like a, a great combination. Now, maybe you could tell us a little bit about um, what you've done in terms of promotion. For this particular series, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, gosh, Bernadette, really promotion, I I guess in a way it started several years ago. And I say that because two of my critique partners and I, Adrian Giordano, who you've talked with, and Tracy Devlin, we co-founded the Blog Romance University. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh, yes, we checked it out when, um, Oh, I didn't realize that you were also involved with that. No, that's a great blog. It really is. I I checked it out um, after I interviewed um, Adrian. So we we came up with that idea, brainstormed, and collaborated on that. That was actually while I was still living overseas. And so, although that's not necessarily promotion, lots and lots of networking went into building that blog. So there were many people that I've been able to contact as I got closer to publication who already knew my name and who were willing to do certain things for me or with me because of that. So mm-hmm. one thing I encourage new writers to do is don't don't just sit at home and not connect with other writers. Don't wait until you meet people to begin networking because then it feels a little bit like using rather than networking. And um, so and what I did in my former life is I was a job developer and I was a fundraiser, so I really understand the importance of building relationships, again, before you need them. So fortunately for me, one of the things that I did specifically to promote personal assets when it debuted last month is I did an all-day Facebook debut party. And when I say all day, from like 10 o'clock in the morning here Eastern until 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And what I did is I had some of my friends and you know other writers come in for 30 minutes to guest host on my party. And I think only one person that I asked declined, and she declined because she was going to be running a marathon in Canada. 
So that's one of the benefits of networking, the people that I asked to help me out, and they gave away stuff, and it kept people really involved all day long. In fact, I barely got it from my desk all day because it was so chatty and so busy on this all-day party. So that was a big part of it. And and some of the other things that are, I think, more normal promotion, I did do a three-week blog tour, um, you know, did the – you know, some of the Facebook and the Twitter work and all of that kind of thing. Right, right, right. So you're you're hitting all the social media. You know, it's very interesting how you say, um, you know, don't don't wait until you need them. It sounds like too self interested. And that, and it's amazing. Even um I've only been doing the interview show uh since no November and it's very interesting about how different people coming on the show treat me. Like some people actually act like I'm working for them. Like I don't charge for this. <laughs> so people right. are like, Oh, you know, get really aggravated if something comes up and I have to move the interview and I'm like, Um, hi, you're not paying me <laughs> and, and then other people are so you know, but it's honestly and I think it's because, you know, some of the people come in via like, you know, blog tours, but you know, I'm not getting paid, right? So, you know, you don't work I don't work for you. So it's 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 kind of funny. But most I would say ninety percent of the people that I've had have been really wonderful. And some have even offered to host me um, on their blogs, which has been really great, you know. Exactly. So, you know, it's it's I, I would say by and large most people in the writing um, in in the writing community are very, very generous and really do want to help each other. And then you always have the people who are a little a little socially inept maybe is that is the way to to phrase it. But um, you know, I, I think it sounds like, you know, you've worked on you really have this down in terms of having building the community, getting your name out there. Now do you find it a little difficult um to promote when you're only electronically published? Because I found that it's hindering me, I feel, a little bit because there are so many wonderful local writers' events, but they're still kind of focused on paper books, and all my books are electronic only. So what's been your experience? Well, I think the only – I've run into just a couple of things. And, of course, one is that Goodreads, their giveaways are still physical books only, which really surprises me in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I found a couple of other places. Yeah, I don't know. In fact, I had um, I have a publicist that I work with, and she said, "Okay, I want you to do a Goodreads giveaway." And I said, "I can't." And so we double checked the you know the requirements for that. And there have been a couple of other things like that. But honestly, Bernadette, I, I guess I found some other things to fill in those gaps. And I guess I feel like there are so many options out there that if something's not open to me, I just keep that on the back shelf. Hey, I need to check on that at some point in the future, see if it's open to me then. Otherwise, I, you know, I move on and I find something else. But I think the longer that e-books are out in the market, and obviously they're so different than they were when I was overseas, I was one of the early adopters of e-books because it's the only way I could get reading material when I lived overseas. The types of books I like would not have been allowed in the country. So, really? um, seriously, and I actually had a couple stolen through customs, I think, <laughs> when they came in. I was just, I was imagining little customs agents reading my hot romance books. But um, Well, do you know, it's so, so funny that you say that because I'm, I don't know if you've checked on Goodreads, but on Goodreads, I am so amazed by the people who add my book. Like, I've had so many people from the Middle East, from Pakistan, from India, reading adding my books. And now why my books again, I typically write about Irish Americans or people in Ireland and you know, I then I have this series about witches. It's the that is really the last place I thought 
would be attracting leaders. <laughs> but believe it or not, they're very – and they give me five stars, which is, I think is great too. I mean, I guess part of it is maybe their way of um, of connecting with a different culture. Maybe that's what's attractive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. but Or the, the escapism. But um, So like you said, you know, I'm not surprised that people stole your books. Um that's really funny. So um, now maybe you could tell us a little bit about, you know, how your family and friends react to you being a romance writer and writing, you know, so slightly steamy romance. Really, I've not had any, you know, I've not had any pushback on it. I'm a little careful. Um, if I know, and it's interesting, I actually write under a pen name. So I have my friends under my real name, and then I have my friends who, and most people in the writing community don't are not even aware I actually have another name. Um, because I built this name from from the get go, really. So my real life friends—I don't really like that term, but it's the best way I can describe it. The friends of the other me. I'm just sensitive. Uh, I have a friend who reads a lot of Christian romances, and so I've told her my books are not for you. She's very excited that I'm published, but I've been very honest. And she said, "Well, maybe I'll read them, and I'll just." get the sex scene and I said you know that's up to you but I'm very very honest because the last thing I want is for someone to get into my work and be upset by it that's not why I write I write to entertain and I actually did an interview with my hometown paper uh, right before my debut came out and I was very very clear because I knew some of the people that I knew there they were going to see you know my real name of course it was very careful to tell them these were at least R-rated books because I did not want someone like my grandmother picking them up and having a heart attack. So, <laughs> um, but other than that, my husband is super supportive. Um, honestly, Bernadette, I think he's more supportive than about 99% of the men that I hear of, um, of female writers, their husbands. Um, my son is super, um, super supportive. He was really great during my debut day. He was was texting me, you know, between classes at school, telling me how proud he was of me. Um, oh, I think the, um, yeah, it was really sweet. Um, I will tell you, I think my only disappointment is that my mom actually passed away a little over a year ago, and it was just a few months before I was contracted. So she mm-hmm. never knew. She just kept telling me, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and then she didn't get to hear when it happened. So. Well, I'm sure she's aware wherever she is, but yeah, no, that's that's disappointing. Um, now, you had mentioned that you also have written some paranormal romance that maybe is not published yet. Maybe you could tell us about, yes. you know, exploring why you're exploring other genres, and and I think there's another genre that you're also writing. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little schizophrenic that way. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier, Bernadette, about you know listening, sort of listening to what the industry is saying, and I think. I did that after I wrote my first two contemporaries, which are actually the first two books in the Texas Night series, Personal Assets and Running the Red Light. I decided, okay, I was going to try Paranormal because, of course, that was really big, and I had what I thought was a good idea, um, and I loved it. Um, I write fairly, gosh, how do I even say this, realistic paranormal. And when I say that, my paranormals are set in this world. Um, Mm -hmm. And my first series that I hope That's to get That's what mine are as well. Like, I, it's okay, funny that so you, you say that. It. I like yeah, it. Yeah, my par- That's what people have said about my paranormal is that even though there's a magical element, it's realistic. 
And I, that's what, I enjoy reading that kind of romance. I like, I mean, I, that kind of paranormal. I, I find it distracting to read too much world building or what, you know, I mean, everything has a weird name right. and, you know what I mean? So right. that, yeah, that's, that's not, that doesn't attract me. But I, and I think sometimes it's almost more difficult to write realistic paranormal. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So you, you write no, realistic no, no. paranormal. Yeah, I write it set in this world, definitely. But so the first series is actually a shifter series. Um, but these shifters were created through um, through a DNA experiment. Um, they didn't, of course, that they did not agree to. They thought they were being tested and for something else. So when I say it's realistic, even the the creation of this paranormal shifter society was not it was not a magical thing it was actually a scientific thing so that's one series i've got a couple of others and i I won't go into them because they're not available now i'm hoping that they will be at some point the interesting thing with my paranormals is for some reason both of the series that i've started are five book series i don't know why but they're rather you know there's quite a few books in just one series so i am hoping to get back to those at some point but i've just had so many other great projects that i've had to put that on the back burner for the time being mhm mhm uh and so and and i think you said you you did some kind of co-writing pro- um some kind of co-writing product or product i'm sorry I, yeah <laughs> uh, project Yes, absolutely, and I'm super excited about this, and it's nothing I really ever would have thought of doing, honestly. Um, It is what I would call a cozy caper, and we explain it as the Golden Girls meets Dirty Harry, and the tagline is they're just like Dirty Harry, only over 50 female and from the South, and it's called the Granny Series. So it is not a romance. Um, although, you know, we may allow our grannies to have romantic interests at some point. But it's set here in Georgia, and the first book is called In for a Penny, and it will actually release in early November. And I'm writing that series in conjunction with Nancy Nagel. And Nancy also writes small-town romantic suspense, and she has several books out in her Adams Grove series. And really, Bernadette, this whole series came about completely by chance. Nancy and I were at RT two years ago, I think, and I was telling her a story about my mom. And we just, we're both from the South. She's from Virginia, I'm from Texas, and so, you know, we can go on and on and talk forever. And we just got to laughing about this whole idea. And the next day, Nancy got up and she says, I think we should write this series. I think we need to write about these grannies. And I was like, man, I don't write grannies. I write hot romance. But the longer we talked about it, the more we laughed. And the more we laughed, the more we thought, maybe somebody else will laugh too. So, um, and the, the, like I said, the series is set here in Georgia. So it's interesting. It's kind of a cross-section of Southern cultures with these women. And you said that's being uh, released. Or did you? Is it released by a publisher or are you self-publishing? We're self-publishing that, um, which I am very excited about because it it doesn't doesn't quite fit. It's not a mystery because there's no dead bodies. And one thing I told Nan early on, like, no, the grannies can't kill anybody. I mean, that would you know that would just be wrong. 
Um, and they can't, you know, I, I don't know why, but we just decided it was not going to be a mystery series per se. It's more of a suspense. And mm-hmm. basically what these grannies are doing is some vigilante work. So people have, who have done them wrong or who have done someone they love wrong, those are the bad guys they're going after. And actually in the first book, the uh, the guy that they're trying to track down is a person who is responsible for one of the grannies ending up in federal prison camp on a social security fraud charge. And they're going to make And now pay. how does and they it do work mechanically? <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds interesting. How does that work mechanically working with a partner? Like do you take a chapter and she takes a chapter or do you write, like how do you write it together? How does that work? That's a great question. Um, just as far as our tools, we write in Scrivener. And it's a Scrivener file that lives in Dropbox. And, of course, you have to, for those who use Dropbox and you share your folders, really you know that you have to be careful with opening that. You don't want to open it when somebody else is in it. Fortunately for Nancy and I, Nancy also works in the banking industry. So a lot of times during the day she's being banker girl and I'm being writer girl. And then later she's writer girl and I'm mom and wife girl. So very rarely do we want to be in there at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the writing process itself, we met for a weekend and plotted this first book, tried to flesh out the overarching thoughts on the series, of course, draw up our characters. So we spent about three days doing that together in a hotel in Atlanta. Then we came back and did a little work, and then we got back together a couple of months later and together, in a three-day weekend, we wrote close to 40,000 words. And wow. at that, yeah, it was pretty crazy. And we did it in 20-minute sprints. So it was 20 minutes, you write as crazy fast as you can. And at the end of that 20 minutes, that scene has its bones. And that's all we were shooting for. And so she'd take a scene and I would take a scene. So one person did lay out the bones. But then later when we got home, we both went back and and began to add the flesh to those scenes. And it didn't matter who had written it to begin with. In fact, it's actually better if somebody else overlaid on top of that because Nan is very good with description. I'm very good with dialogue. So what we find is that together we're able to make it all look like hopefully it was written by the same person for the most part and the funniest part Bernadette about the whole thing is that sometimes we say oh my gosh that's a really good line did you write that or did I write that you couldn't remember (laughs) you start to forget (laughs) exactly that's amazing well that I mean best of luck with that 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 sounds and especially doing it as a self-publishing venture so now you've done a little bit you're one of those quote hybrid authors you've written alone you've been published by an um, (laughs) Out by Karina, which is obviously huge, and then you're doing the self-publishing with a partner, so mm-hmm. you're doing a little bit of everything. So you're you're bound to Absolutely. find much success, I'm sure. Now maybe you could tell Thanks. us where we can find you online. Absolutely, of course. My website is the best place to find me, and that's kelseybrowning.com. K E L S E Y B R O W N I N G, and that has the links out to anywhere else you might want to find me. But lucky for me, 
I have been uh, fortunate in getting my own name on all the social media sites. So on Twitter, I'm at Kelsey Browning, and on Facebook, I'm Kelsey Browning or Kelsey Browning Author, depending on if you want my profile or my author page. So if you just do a search on me, I tend to come up in about you know eight of the top ten Google slots. I'm like I said, I have been very fortunate with that. I'm on Pinterest and some other things. In fact, I have to be very careful on Pinterest because, of course, it can be a huge time suck. But I oh, love absolutely. that. <laughs> but again, my yeah, no, I've had a lot of fun with Pinterest, me. and it and it's so it's so versatile too. I've actually enjoyed Pinterest because for my Summer of Love contest, which for anyone listening, I still haven't given out all the prizes, so it's still not too late. You can still uh, you can still enter by liking the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page. But but what's been great about that, I was able to put up. I you know I created a board and I created um, I added all the the title, the covers for all the books I'm giving away, and then even for all of these shows, you can get it on Blog Talk Radio. You can get it on my website uh, under my podcast. Uh, page on BernadetteWalsh.com, but then I also on Pinterest I'm able to um, link everything up there. So it's yeah, P- Pinterest is great. It really is a time suck. Well, Kelsey, this was so great. Um, I, it sounds like you're doing some really interesting things, and I, I wish you all the success in the world. So thank you so much for spending spending the evening with me. Uh, to tell everyone else, I have some really great shows coming up on uh, Wednesday, September 18th. I have Tony Weber, and I think that'll be a really great show. And then. On September 25th, I have Lorenda Christensen. So they are both romance writers, um, and I'm really looking forward to speaking with them. Also want to tell everyone about The Devlin Witch. That's the fourth book in my Devlin Legacy series, uh, my paranormal romance series about a family of Irish witches. That was released by Lyrical Press, so it's out and available, along with all the other books in the series. So please check that out. I've gotten two really great reviews they are available on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com, so please, please check those out. And I hope that you will join me for my upcoming shows. I think we're going to have a really, really great fall. So thanks, everyone, for joining me. This is Bernadette Walsh from Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.